Praise God. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want to invite you to open up to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. We'll begin reading at verse 20 and read through verse 23. Started a series last Sunday morning entitled Heart Check. When we're speaking of the heart and talking about the very, you know, the very center of our spiritual life, all things flow from the heart. It's not necessarily a study on spirit, soul, and body, although there's a, there is a place for that, but when I'm using the word heart, I'm talking about the, just the very core of our life, our, our, our spiritual life, and, and, and life in general, how everything flows from within us. As a matter of fact, I have a quote here for you. I want to give it to you now. I might mention it again later, but here's a principle for you uh, to always remember is that life flows from within you, not to you. Life flows from within you, not to you. So that's the gist of what we're talking about when I'm talking about a heart check, always having our heart in check, making sure our attitudes, our thoughts, and our feelings, and our emotions, that, that, things are, that we're keeping things in check, in alignment with the Word of God. Not coming at it from a, from a guilt or condemnation standpoint, but just really developing a greater consciousness of, of, and, and a recognition that, yes, life does flow from within me, not necessarily all the things that are happening to me, because it's really easy to adopt the attitude that life stinks. When, when, when things aren't going well and people aren't treating you right, they're not meeting your expectations, they're being cruel, they're being mean, uh, you're being bullied, whatever. You know, we have a tendency to, to, to think that we're a victim of all the things that are happening to us and we, and, and we start processing life as this is happening to us rather than it's supposed to be flowing from us. Uh, so heart check, always keeping things in check, saying, is, is my attitude right? Has my response been proper to this situation? Have I walked in forgiveness in this situation? Have I made that decision to forgive, even though I'm not feeling it at the moment, but I made the decision to forgive? I prayed for that person who has offended me. You know, I'm, I'm keeping life flowing from within me, not allowing what others have done to me to determine the success or the detriment of my life. So in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, an, an encouragement here for all of us as children of God. It says, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Then in verse 23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart, flow, out of your heart, spring the issues of life. So life is flowing from you, from within you, not to you. It's a very simple, just always remind yourself of any type of uh, fruit that you enjoy, any type of vegetable that you enjoy eating. You know, the, 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 the fruit comes from within the tree. We don't put apples on an, on an apple tree like we put ornaments on a Christmas tree. You know, ornaments on a Christmas tree are fake. I don't know if you realize that or not, but those pretty bulbs don't grow on that tree. <laughs> they didn't come that way. It didn't come from within the tree. That's fake. It looks pretty, but it's not real. 
Apples come from within the tree. The oranges come from within the tree. The veggies come from within the, from within the plant. Life flows from within us, the seed of God's word within our hearts. That's why it's so vitally important that we keep paying attention to the word of God, keeping God's word alive and real within us and having the fruit of the spirit. Matter of fact, one of the fruit of the spirit is the in Galatians, they're listed there, the nine fruit, but this love, joy, and peace, we're going to focus on a heart filled with peace today, you know, keeping our heart checked, making sure we're, uh, that peace is the predominant factor that's ruling and reigning over our heart and our mind. We shared last Sunday morning the importance of, a, of, of keeping our heart and, and not being anxious for anything. In Philippians chapter 4, we looked at it, that we're not to be anxious for anything, but in everything give thanksgiving unto God and let your requests be made known to God and the God of peace, the God of peace will guard your heart with a peace that surpasses all understanding. So God is a God of peace. He's not a, a God of anxiety. He's not a God of fretting. He's not a God of worrying. He's a God of peace. And so the fruit of the Spirit one of the fruit listed in Galatians is the fruit of peace, so it should be flowing from within us. In Colossians chapter 3, if you'll turn there for a moment, Colossians the third chapter. I'll begin reading at verse 12. It's giving us a picture here, the character of a, of a believer. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you should think about doing. No? So also you must do. Verse 14, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And verse 15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. You allow the peace of God to rule in your heart implying here that you have something to do with this. You play a part whether the, uh, on what, whether the peace of God is going to rule in your heart or not going to rule in your heart. You are to allow or to let the peace of God rule in your heart. You know, it's not a question as to whether the God of peace, our God is a God of peace. It's not a question of whether he wants to rule in your heart as the God of peace. Obviously, he does. That's who he is. The question is, are we allowing him to? Am I allowing him to be peace to me in the middle of the storm? Am I making the decision I'm going to lift a hallelujah? I'm going to shout a little louder in the middle of a storm because the God of peace is in me. I know everything is, is going to be okay. God is with me, the God of peace. And so in heart check, I want to focus on, this, on today on letting the peace of God rule in our hearts in and under any and all circumstances. Good times, bad times, not so good times, ugly times, difficult times, peace is going to rule. It's a predominant factor that's ruling and reigning in our hearts. In uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, Jesus makes a very powerful statement. John, chapter 14, and verse 27. Jesus makes this statement. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, 
neither let it be afraid. So Jesus is telling us here not to let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be afraid. And just in case you're like me, sometimes you read a verse like that and it kind of like goes, you know, kind of rubs you the wrong way because you're feeling agitated or irritable about something. And then here comes a verse. Here comes something Jesus said and someone reminds you of and saying, well, I don't want to hear that right now. And really, what does that mean? Well, just to help you understand what it means, I'm going to give it to you from the Amplified version. Peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop. Everyone say stop. Stop, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Just saying, it's what, you know, it's what Jesus said here. It's recorded that Jesus made this statement. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. You stop it. You know, I think, well, I'm agitated and disturbed. I think if other people just knock it off, if other people just come in alignment, if other people just shape it up, I wouldn't be agitated. But it's not saying that. It said even in the middle of people just irritating the you-know-what out of you, you're supposed to stop being agitated and disturbed. Oh, I'm so disturbed. How are you doing today? I'm just agitated. What are you agitated about? And then we go into, oh, I'm agitated about this, and this person did this, and this person didn't do that, and this person said that, and I'm just irritated. Just leave me alone. Give me some space. <laughs> Jesus didn't say here, when you're not feeling up to par, just ask everyone to give you some space. <laughs> he didn't say that. Just leave me alone. Said, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. So heart check. It's my responsibility. It's my responsibility, and it's your responsibility to keep your heart in check with God and continually be monitoring your heart. Is, is peace the predominant factor that's ruling and reigning over my heart right now? The word peace, the word peace uh, from in, in, the, in the Hebrew and the Old Testament comes from the word shalom, and the word shalom is used quite frequently and you know, translated as peace, but from the, the Old Testament standpoint, it refers to a completeness, a soundness, and well-being of the total person. Completeness, soundness, and well-being of the total person. It can also mean some other things, such as an absence from war and, and some other uh, definitions to it, but I just wanted to share that part of it with you. But completeness, soundness, well-being of the total person. New Testament peace is referred to as, a, the, interpreted as an inner tranquility, an inner tranquility imposed of the one who has his trust in God. It refers to a calm inner stability, even in the middle of chaos. A, a calm inner stability, even in the middle of chaos. I remember seeing a poster some years ago and says, if you can remain calm, you don't have all the facts. 
<laughs> now that's cute and comical in a worldly standpoint, but from a biblical standpoint, I can remain calm. You can remain calm even when you have all the facts. As you have the greater fact, and that is that God is a God of peace, and the God of peace is with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I can continually draw on that peace. I can continually draw on it and believe God for his peace to rule and to reign even in the middle of chaos, in the middle of confusion, in the, in the middle of trying to discern uh, what decision to make, what direction to be taking, uh, just whatever it may be that's occupying your mind, your thought life, and it's bringing anxiety, is rising to the top. You, you take a moment, you take a sailor moment, that's just stop and think about it, stop and pause and say, okay, I'm feeling anxious about this. I'm about, to, I'm, I'm about to make a decision here, but I'm making it in an atmosphere of, of great tenseness and great anxiety. And I, I don't want to be doing, I, I don't want to be doing that. And we should not ever be making major decisions in life in, in, under pressure. You can just calm down, get the peace of God, get the wisdom of God, and... and it, it can wait a while until that peace begins to manifest. Then you make the choice and believe that, that peace is leading you, guiding you, and directing you. Jesus also made a, a very bold statement in John 16 and verse 33. said, these things I have spoken to you that in me, as in Christ, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, also known as tests and trials, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So Jesus said, in me, you'll have peace. In Christ, we have peace. So the heart check is to continually to be reminding ourselves that the peace of God, God being a God of peace, is with us. He's never leaving. He's never forsaken. He is always with us. He is the God of peace, not the God of anxiety. Remembering that he abides within me and life is to flow from within me and not to me. When I feel I'm making decisions based on, on things that are happening to me, I, I, I want to train myself to, to, to push the pause button, hit a reset, and allow the peace of God to be manifested and, have, and, and to have life flowing from in me and decisions are coming from within, from within the spirit of God, within the spirit of peace, rather than because of the things that are happening to me. You know, am I being proactive or reactive? I want to be proactive in the peace of God. Stop allowing myself to be agitated. Not allowing myself to be agitated and not allowing myself to, to uh, live in that that. that Mindset in that framework of I'm easily disturbed. Things just irritate me. I'm on edge, and you know. And again, we we have come to just accept that. That's part of life. That's uh, we go through different seasons, and some seasons are tougher than others. And there is an element of truth to that. But even in the middle of the tough times, peace can dominate. Can be the predominant factor that's ruling and reigning over my heart. So take a moment and do a heart check. How am I doing today? Right now, how am I feeling? Is it, you know, the peace of God ruling and reigning? Am I fretting? How long is pastor going to preach today? <laughs> am I fretting, anxious, worried about tomorrow morning, going back to school, my classwork, homework's not done, midterms, back to work? heavy workload, 
a boss that puts undue pressure on me, expecting way too much from us. You know, what is it that's causing us to be anxious? It can be simple things, such as even a Dallas Eagle game. (laughs) All worked up over it. So I want to give you just a few things that you can do, applications that you can incorporate into a healthy heart to give you something to check your heart on. The first one today is from Proverbs 4.23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. So the word diligence jumps at. Diligence. You know, this is something you have to be diligent in. You can't just make a fleeting decision here this morning say, well, that really sounds good. And by the time you leave the parking lot here, you forget all about it. And all this anxiety creeps in on you again. You find yourself agitated and easily disturbed. Someone pulls out in front of you something. Someone's not kind to you on the highway or someone says something to you before you even leave the church lobby. You know, all of a sudden you're disturbed. You know, I, I was really feeling the peace of God during the worship song. And I heard what pastor had to say, but it, it's all gone. It, it, it's, it's gone. And that is possible, you know that, don't you? (laughs) You know, it's very possible to hear a really good, to be participating in a really good worship experience, to hear a really good message being taught, and just, wow, that's great, that's so encouraging, I'm I'm so glad I, I, I got up this morning, I'm so glad I went to church, and by the time you leave church, it's, it's stolen from you. It's good for you to be aware of that, that that's a very high probability. Because Jesus said, when he talked about the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4, he talked about the different types of soil. And when you read that, it says the sower sows the word, then it defines the different types of soil. The soil is really talking about the heart, where things come from within. It comes from within. Life flows from within you, not to you. But Jesus said, one of the main problems is is that, that Satan comes immediately to steal the word that was sown. It's the word of God that's being sown into your heart. The enemy comes immediately to steal that word. Have you ever noticed when you're, when you're reading a book on the love of God or you're, you're listening to a series of messages on the love of God, it seems everywhere you turn, you know, you're just being attacked and every relationship you have is all, all of a sudden under attack. You know, when you're sowing the word, you're sowing love into your heart so the enemy comes to steal that. Well, you're hearing today about the peace of God to rule and to reign in your heart. So the enemy's going to try to come at you to steal the very peace of God in your heart. He's going to try to do something to agitate you, to make you feel irritable and disturbed, easily disturbed. By 3 o'clock this afternoon, you're not fit to be around. (laughs) It ought not to be. We should be the most peaceful people, happy people, peaceful people, hearts that are ruled by peace. The dominant, the dominant factor that's ruling and reigning in my heart is peace. But I have to be diligent. We have to be diligent in keeping a guard over our heart. You have to stay with it. It's a lifestyle. It doesn't happen automatically. That's why the word of God uses, it uses the word diligent. Be diligent to keep your heart. Be diligent to guard your heart. We talked about that last week, that the guard, that the word that was used there for guard is the, it's the very picture of the, of the soldiers that were at the city gates and guarded who 
entered and who exited the city. And everyone had to have permission to come in and permission to exit, permission to come back in. Very much like we have security checks at our airports today. You can't get on the airplane without going through a security check. You have to take everything out of your pockets. You have to take your belt off. You have to take your shoes off. And you have to go into the x-ray machine. You have to stand like this. I mean, you're just completely exposed. They're making sure that everything's transparent. There's nothing harmful going to enter into the aircraft. Likewise, the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. The very God of peace will guard your heart and mind. It will monitor everything that comes against you, that comes to you. And, and when it monitors and, and it comes up on the screen, that's, potential, that's a potential problem, then you check it. When you go through airport security, there's a the potential problem They confiscate it from you. They take it from you. They will not allow it onto the aircraft because it may be harmful. We need to take the same attitude towards our mind, towards our heart. We need to protect our mind. We need to protect our heart and monitor everything that's coming to us, filter everything. What are we seeing? What are we hearing? What are we participating in? What are we speaking? What are we listening to? And monitor it, and if it's not, if it potentially has harm, if it's potentially harmful, then don't allow it in. Say, I refuse to think on that. I refuse to meditate on that. I'm not receiving that in Jesus' name. A mental image will come into your mind. You reject it. You reject it. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to look at that. I will set nothing evil before my eyes. So it's up to... You, and it's up to me. I guard my heart. You guard your heart. We can encourage one another to guard each other's heart, but it's come, ultimately it's my responsibility to stay with the Word, to stay in a good, healthy relationship with God, and, and, and living a lifestyle of peace so that I am protecting what's coming at me. Number two, heart check here to keep your heart healthy, is defend. You know, be diligent to guard your heart, then defend against reverting to old habits, especially when you're tired or under pressure. You have to defend yourself. Well, I've just, you know, I, I've been a nasty person. I've had a, you know, I've had a short temper or, or I, I'm this type of person and I, I, I've been wanting to change. I've been working on changing. That's wonderful. Defend against reverting back to old habits. You're a new creation now. You're a born-again child of God, so you have to defend against reverting back to whatever it is that you may be tempted to revert back to, whatever God has delivered you from. You defend that. You will not stay delivered automatically. You defend on what God has uh, uh, set you free from. And then number three, disassociate from that which robs your peace. What is it that robs your peace? Just do, just, just do a quick monitor check on what is it that steals my peace. Does your blood pressure go up when you watch the news, when you listen to the news? Does your blood pressure go up when you talk about politics? Does your blood pressure go up when you talk about sports? Or does your blood pressure go up when you have this conversation at work or this conversation over here? What are the things that, that uh, rob you of your peace? What people rob you of your peace? Oh, thank you, Pastor Ray. I always wanted permission to, to disassociate from my spouse. We're not talking about that. But there are some people you probably need to disassociate from if they're constantly, constantly irritating you and agitating you. 
not your spouse, not your children. In-laws, yes. <laughs> I'm going to sing a little louder. Preach it, Pastor. <laughs> I'm not going to Christmas this year. We're ready to stop Thanksgiving. Now we're stopping Christmas. <laughs> Talking about something that'll rob your peace, right? <laughs> there are certain people and there are certain events that agitate us on purpose. There are ungodly atmospheres we need to disassociate from. And you know what they are. They're different for each one. They're different for each one. Nancy may not admit this right now, but uh, her household was a household of cowboy fans. And her brother, her one and only brother, is still very much an avid cowboy fan. Well, her two sisters married very avid eagle fans. <laughs> I, being the favorite son-in-law of that family, <laughs> am neither a fan of the eagles or the cowboys, so I'm the peacemaker. But literally it got to a point where after the sisters got married that uh, watching football together ceased. <laughs> it did. We just decided, you know what, we can't do this. This is not good for anyone. I mean, I wasn't bothered by it. In fact, I was an agitator. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care which one won. You know, I just I, I tried to rib them one way or the other. But it got to a point where we, we decided to agree, to disagree, that we will not watch football together, that I don't like your team, you don't like my team, and we're just not going to watch it together. But we came to a realization this is not a healthy environment. It got beyond being fun. And so watching football together doesn't happen anymore. So that's a humorous aspect of There are other scenarios like that that are maybe more serious than a, than, than a sporting event, but there's some things that you're just not good together. It's just not a good mix. And is it really important that it stays together? Is it any eternal value to watching football together? No. So it wasn't important enough to put up with the agitation. The agitation and the irritability was far too severe. I mean, it was severe. It was serious business. And so, stop it. And so I, I share that with you just to get you to thinking, well, what is it in my sphere of relationships in my family? What is it that we get to talking about or that we keep trying to do together? And it's just not working. It's just not working, and we need to give it up. And you say, but it's family. Well, read about Jesus and his family. They didn't come to really believe in him and trust him until after he died and resurrected and showed himself alive. And finally, I thought, you know what? He just might be who he said he is. <laughs> Prior to that, they thought he was crazy. They really did. And so uh, we need to stop being so spiritual and say, well, we're family and we have to get together. We have to get along with each other and we can't stand one another's guts. Just being honest with you. Moving right along. Sure, I'm living peaceful. It's very isolated, but I'm enjoying it. I'm sure I'm peaceful, man. I'm just chilling. <laughs> Don't have any friends, but man, life is good. <laughs> I'm not talking about being that extreme. I think you know what I'm talking about, so you keep it in proper perspective. 
Disassociate from ungodly atmospheres. Don't frequent atmospheres that just get you irritable, that just create irritability in you. Ungodly atmospheres and things that just make you feel unclean and this is something's not right. It's unholy. It just, you, again, this is different for different people, but allow the Spirit of God to work on you and to move on you and just be sensitive to, uh, to be diligent, to keep your heart and, and to defend against reverting to old habits and disassociate from whatever it is that's robbing your peace. What is it that is robbing your peace? And then number four, depend on God's promises. Always depend on God. This is not something you can just muster up yourself. Life is flowing from within you, not to you. Therefore, we depend on God. Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. It's flowing from within you. The transforming work of coming from being uh, irritable to being agitated, to, to go from being irritable and agitated to becoming a, uh, and being transformed into a person of peace is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Draw on the Holy Spirit of God. Pray and ask God to help. Say, God, this is, I'm, I'm entering into what historically has been a very uh, irritable situation. It is, uh, I'm entering into an atmosphere that in, in the past has always been something that, you know, it just seems like it never ends well, never ends peaceful. So, Lord, I'm asking you to help me guard my heart that I can be a person of peace. As much as it depends on me, the writer of the book uh, to the church at Rome said, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. So it depends on you depending on the Holy Spirit. So within you, the peace of God will flow from within you and, and believe that the anointing of God, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is stronger than any agitation that you may be experiencing, any irritability that may be weighing on you, then just you'd say, well, I, I, I can't help it. I'm just irritable. I felt that way once. Well, more than once. So I know what you're talking. There's things that can make us feel very irritable. And it's not, it's not the peace of God. It's not ruling and reigning in those situations. So depend on God. Fruit, the fruit of the Spirit flows from within you. In Proverbs chapter 3, look at that real quickly. Proverbs 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. So depend on the Holy Spirit taking you into the word of the Lord and not forgetting the word of the Lord, but uh, let your heart keep the commandments, length of days, long life and peace. Long life and peace, they will add to you. So peace can increase the the. the, the, the your, your dependence on God, you'll find that peace increases. Things that used to irritate you won't irritate you uh, to the degree that they used to, and you'll find it dissipating and eventually won't even irritate you at all. You just know that God is good. The peace of God is far greater than this irritability that's coming at me, and, and I'm enjoying long life and peace. And, and then in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, you can uh, look at that if you want, but I uh, looked at it last week. talks about the, the peace the peace will guard your hearts and your minds. Peace will guard your hearts and your minds. So depend on the promises of God's word. 
Long life and peace. Peace will guard your heart. Then in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 tells us that we have been justified by faith. That simply means justified means that we've been, we, we were born again. We're made right with God. We're, we're in a good relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. So we're justified by faith. Therefore, we have peace. And we say peace. peace. We have peace with God. So you have peace with God. You're a born-again child of God. You have peace with God. Life is real. Things happen. Things are spoken. We say things. Other people say things. Other people do things. We do things. There's a lot can happen in, 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 a, in a nanosecond that can just, that can just cause irritability to erupt like a volcano. Because it's just bubbling up within, but when we, we can settle that down with the Word of God and having the Word of God guarding our hearts and our minds and recognizing, and make these declarations about yourself. There's absolutely, it's a very healthy habit to, 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 to begin confessing and declaring about yourself that, thank you, Lord, that I have been born again through my faith in Jesus Christ, and your Word declares that I have peace with God. So I'm a peaceful person. I am not easily irritated nor agitated. I am a peaceful person, and I bring peace into very hostile situations. I'm a peacemaker, a peacenik, if you please. Amen? Amen. God loves you. He does love you. And it's not only important spiritually, but it's also a good principle concerning your physical well-being and your mental well-being, to really get a a heart check on the peace of God ruling and reigning over your heart and over your mind. God loves you. He's with you. He's the God of peace. He's the God of peace. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you that you are the God of peace. I thank you, Lord God, that life of the Spirit the very life and nature of God, the love of God, the peace of God flows from within us, not to us. So as we draw on the spirit of faith within our heart, our innermost being, as we draw and depend on you, Father, we are experiencing a peace that surpasses all understanding. Things we cannot even comprehend are now we are experiencing peace rather than irritability. Things that used to agitate us, we are now allowing the peace of God to rule and to reign over our hearts and our minds. And agitation is dissipating in the name of Jesus, name above all names. And Father, I thank you and I praise you for wisdom from heaven that is peaceable and gentle. Contrast it to the wisdom of this world that is filled with envy and strife and hypocrisy. So, Lord God, the, the, the environment of hypocrisy and the environment of envy and striving, Lord God, we, we disassociate ourselves from that and, and we enter into that realm of heaven's wisdom that is peaceable and gentle and allowed to just solidify and, and, and to grow and to develop and, and, and we, we are sensing it flowing from our innermost being. Where we were anxious, we are now confident and peaceful. Where we were afraid, we're now experiencing peace. When we lie down to sleep at night, our sleep is peaceful and it's restful and refreshing in the name of Jesus. Name above all names. So Father, the very God of peace, 
be with each one of us as we leave here today. And may it be a peace that sustains us and flows from within us and it's fruit that's manifested to your glory, to your honor, in Jesus' name. And all those who are in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Heads bowed, eyes closed, just for a moment. Perhaps you're here today. Some of you may be here today, and you say, well, I'm not at peace with God. I I haven't been, you know, I I just don't have that peace that you were talking about, that God's a God of peace, and we should be at peace with him. I made reference to a verse in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says that uh, by faith we are reconciled to God, we're justified, meaning that we've been forgiven. Jesus paid the price to forgive us of all of our sin through his shed blood. And the Bible tells us we believe that he is the Son of God and that he died on the cross, shed his blood to cleanse us of our sin. We believe that. And we believe that he was raised again from the dead. It says, if you believe that in your heart and you confess that with your mouth, it results in you being born again. You come into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God's peace. Jim Pastor Ray, I want to come into that kingdom this morning. I want Jesus to forgive me of all my sin. I, I, I want you to pray with me today. Would you just slip up your hand where you're seated? The church is in prayer for you. We'll encourage you to leave here today making sure that you're, you're at peace with God. Anyone at all want, to, want me to pray with you? Thank you, sir. You can put your hand down. Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, sir, what we're going to do, look at me for a moment. What we're going to do, we're going, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. We're all going to pray it together. You pray this from your heart with your mouth. And the Bible says you become a brand new person, a brand new creation. All your sins are forgiven. All right? Praise God. Let's pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. We believe with all of our heart that Jesus is your son, that he came from heaven to earth to go to the cross, to shed his blood, to cleanse me of all my sin. I believe this with my heart, and I confess with my mouth Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. Come into my life, Jesus. Make me completely whole. Thank you for your peace that now rules over my life. In Jesus' name, I'm born again. I have eternal security. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Congratulations. God bless you, sir. Amen. Amen. Praise God. When you get to the back, there's some ushers back there. They have a book for you that helps explain in more detail what just occurred in your life. But congratulations, you're now part of the family of God. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, if you have any other need for prayer, some partners will meet you up front here and be happy to pray with you and buy your lunch, fill your car with gas. And <laughs> no pressure on our prayer counselors. But <laughs> have a blessed day. and. We'll see you next Sunday morning. God bless you. And also the various uh, grace groups, go ahead and participate.